the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 137 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, and like every week, I'm here with the Martin Lewandowski of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we go through a huge week in MMA, especially uh, European MMA, with a, a big event coming next week as well, but we're going to look back at, at two events from last week, which were which were pretty big, big around this part of the world, and there's a, a few more things to talk about as well as that. Graham, how, how are you? How, how was your weekend? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was a good weekend. It was a, it was a good night of fights at KSW as well. It was a bit weird having on a Sunday. I prefer the Saturday ones, but... Uh, I kind of forgot it was Sunday when we when we left and tried to go to the pub afterwards. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was good. It was a good crack. Good weekend. Did you enjoy your 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 trip to Dublin? I I I, I did kind of. Yeah, I had a mad weekend, but I was my friends thirty eight in Wexford. Went to that on Saturday. Broke down in Mitchellstown on the way up. Uh, had to, <laughs> had to had to get the car fixed. We got to fix that. Anyway, I went back up like three and a half hours getting to Wexford. Then went out that night. Dying the next day, drove up to Dublin and just like sitting in press row like a zombie. But it was great. I was grand anyway. And, uh, we went to, had an early night in last night. So it was, it was all yeah, good. But it was, pussy uh, dared to the pussy <laughs> dared to the drinking you've been uh, talking about for uh, the drinking session you've well, been talking about for months after after KSW. You were having absolutely none of it. You wouldn't even go for a single pint. Oh, uh, hold on, no. Tell the truth. Where were we going? We were going in. We were going to the Gibson for a few pints, and then the Gibson like, no, you can't. And I'm like, grand, I'll go home. Good luck. <laughs> So all the rest of the crew, the sound lads went on, ended up in uh, ended up in Lilies, went Johnny Island. Dargan, Johnny Dargan spot. Yeah, do you have a good night? Did anyone, anyone get hurt? I heard you were FaceTiming Pete's new dog. Yeah, we actually we went to Pete's gaff and played with the dog for a couple of hours. He's a fucking lovely dog, Reggie. He's tiny. <laughs> Shout out to Reggie, new <laughs> new part of your yeah. fair play, Jim. Pete's uh, new baby. Yeah. What do you think of the soccer over the weekend? I didn't see any of it. Oh, actually, luckily, KSW was on on Sunday, actually, thinking about it now. Better that yeah. it wasn't on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. oh, I saw the first half, and uh, Lovren and Mignolet just, just absolutely diabolical. Uh, diabolical. Yeah, I haven't seen the Man United match yet. I haven't seen the goal. The real stuff, though, they won 7-0, so that was all right. Yeah. Man United, actually, we haven't been here since the Man United and Liverpool drew nil all either. Oh, yeah. Just... I don't think you're as strong on, on the whole Mourinho Park and the Boston as other people, are you? Well, like, it's just people are just, what, what do they expect? Like, we, we were even talking about before, we were like, oh, hopefully he doesn't, but like, he probably will <laughs> park the bus. Like, and yeah. and he, he'll try to wait for Liverpool to make a mistake. And the way Lovren and Mignolet play, it, was, it wasn't that much of a, a stretch to think that uh, there'd be at least a mistake in there, but it, it didn't come. And. I thought Liverpool should have won, but when you're missing, I know Dave De Gea, Dave De Gea made a great save uh, from Matip, but you have to score, like you have to give the keeper no chance there and just score there. Like it's just you can't you can't miss them if you want to if you want to beat big teams. Yeah, uh, I don't really care anymore. Football's over for me. It's all MMA now. It's all, like the season is over. Man City have won. Suits me anyway. <laughs> 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 right, let's move on. We'll we'll just shake hands and move on from it this week. We'll, there'll, there's more battles, <laughs> more battles to fight ahead. But yeah, right. Let's let's get straight into uh, into KSW and what what a mad, insane, enjoyable, brilliant show. It was definitely the most enjoyable MMA. And I'm not MMA show I've ever been at. Now I don't go to too many MMA shows, as you know, but I've been to a couple of UFCs, Bama, uh, Cage Warriors, a few more as well. 
and it was have you ever experienced i think i know like maybe a more raucous crowd bigger crowds and stuff from gregor fights out foreign and even in in the tree arena but like the production and just like the the shock value of it all have you ever experienced anything like that before yeah no it was definitely it was definitely different and the, the different touches they put on it were, were, were really good touches like the the kind of nearly pride kind of scaffolding where the where the fighters mm. were standing on and uh it was also weird having um having a show in in the point or the the, the three arena in dublin and having what about 80 percent of polish support me <laughs> i'd estimate like and they were and the polish were going mad and uh the, the 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 polish fighters were getting supported more than the irish fighters um which which was a little strange because usually it's it's uh the irish guys are getting the getting the big roars at the three arena so fair play to the polish they really came out in force to support their guys and to support their support their uh their promotion or well, not their promotion but a polish promotion yeah there was a couple of pictures going around of the arena and it's not full. I don't know when that was taken. Like I'd estimate it was it was a good ninety percent full. What do you, do you think it was the same? You were, I know you're up high looking down as well. Yeah, there was there was mainly full. I think the, the high tier was was kinda patchy a bit, but that was most of the arena was, was was full from what I saw. I think a lot a lot of times at MMA events people come to support like their their teammate or their friend or their family and then when, when their guys fought they, they just head off if they're not that into MMA. So people kind of head off but in this case it would say most people stayed and it was uh very loud until the end and yeah it was it was a really really good atmosphere and um some really really good fights and and i think um the the norman park uh camera fight was a real shame just everything way everything worked out because it was it was really coming to a to, to a oh we'll get to that oh, we'll yeah, get yeah, to we'll that that, yeah one thing for me i I I don't know if people agree with me on this, but for me, I think MMA is a sport better. You're better off to watch at home. I think it's way easier to watch the fights and enjoy the fights when you're actually sitting at home. I think it's great to go to an event to actually like experience it live, to see it live. Like if you're going there as a fan, going there drinking, going you know to to watch. It, I think it's great. But if like from some, even if you're, like if you're going there like yourself or Nile or whatever, that like you're interviewing people and stuff. That yeah, that's great. You have to do that. But for like me, who's trying to like break down the fights and watch it, I don't think that's good. And I think a lot of like fans are like that as well, who just want to actually go and watch the fight. I don't think going to MMA shows is great for that. Like if I'm watching a hurling match, like I think it's way better to be at a hurling match to watch it because you can see the ground way more and stuff. Like MMA is way more intricate to, you know, to, to actually see the little punches, what's actually happening. I think it's way more harder. But the point I'm getting to is I think KSW kind of take that away and make this show and like the, as Dana White calls it, the bells and whistles so enjoyable. And so uh, it, I, it, it is over the top, but it's kind of, fun over the top it's at the same time they make it so good that like it's war it's actually worth going to it like <laughs> you know it's 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 really really good like the as you said the the scaffolding thing where they were all standing in it it was just fun to see that they had like these lights that went up and down over the uh over the cage they were on really like they brought two lads in and like had them face off in the cage which you don't see that often anymore it's coming back a little bit we used, used to see it a, a lot more before they had that you know it was i thought it was just it was phenomenal stuff altogether, you know, and there's, there's like, a, you know, there's been a debate for a while. What's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest promotion in Europe? And like, I don't, I think it's hands down KSW, you know, I think we kind of leave them out a little bit at times because they're kind of in Poland. But now the fact that they came to England last year and then they came to Ireland now, I'd say they'll be back to Ireland again after what happened last night. You have to like, are they bigger than Bama? They outsold Bama there 
you know, by probably double what Bama sold, uh, close to it anyway. You know, huge shows over in Poland. They're very, very, very good fighters. But uh, as well as they have, like, they have the kind of freak show fighters. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose it is freak show. Like Pujanowski, the world's strongest man. So he's a good fighter now and stuff. So he, you know, he's added a lot of balls to his game. He's not, you know, he's not going to beat Steve Miocic anytime soon. But like, he's a guy that's improved. You know, they have that guy with the, the eye tattoos and stuff who faced off that he's going to be fighting, which is a bit of a freak show as well. But you, I think outside of you know the ufc a lot of promotions have to do that but what do you think about that do you think they're the they're the biggest in europe now um yeah well i think i think when you when you they seem to have the most money and when you're able to pay for for big production value you're able to pay fighters well you're able to you're able to get the likes of uh fields and redmond from from other promotions uh to beef up your cards depending on where you go like they just i think having like private contractors fighters will, will go where the money is it's like a lot of shows like it's not just bama a lot of shows they just can't afford to pay anywhere near what ksw are paying and it's kind of a no-brainer for fighters because they're going to be fighting similar level opponents why would they not want to get paid more and when you have money you can put on three you can put on a, a three arena show with three big screens with different camera angles and you can put on big, you can put up big scaffolding and kind of make a you can make a big event feel to it and you can do a good bit of advertising and um, I think the online pay per view is good as well because it encourages people. It encourages people like if the free if it's a free stream, maybe people would stay at home and watch it. But if they have to pay for it, they might as well just go down and, not, as you said, they put on a good atmosphere. And mm-hmm. their first time coming was a bit of intrigue. Like nobody kind of knew what the kind of turnout was going to be. Was it like was it going to be more Polish or more Irish? And it was more Polish, and <clears throat> it was just um, it was just like a unique MMA or Irish MMA event. <laughs> it was very unlike. Um, like even when Celtic Gladiator and all them other kind of Polish run one events were going on, they were just way smaller. So, yeah, I think KSW like that was that was just really really good show. Uh, they they really did a good job. There was there wasn't too many fights. There was, was there nine fights? Was it nine fights? Yeah, it was perfect. No, you don't want twenty one fights. It just gets a bit. Yeah, people much. get a bit. People leave and get, I know you're trying to sell tickets and uh, the more people on the card, the more people or the more fans you're going to be able to get in there, but the quality of the show kind of suffers then and it becomes a bit of a slog so i think for ksw got it got a spot on in in most ways uh most ways about the, the whole the whole well, obviously it was a couple of hiccups and stuff but that's to be expected with any mma event like ufc yeah, doesn't go off without hiccups like 100 yeah I, I wrote last week uh, an article about the explosion of polish mma and I think I even undersold a bit from that. Like I didn't realize, like even lads they brought into the cage interviewing lads. Like well, I didn't. I, I was like sitting alongside PT and the lads there. And you accidentally like, were right. Like uh, yeah, I was accidentally right. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like, who's that lad? They were like, not a clue. And then like eight thousand people behind us start like chanting his name. It's like who's this guy? Like you know, when Pudzianowski was coming out, there was like lads running down to the front row to get near him to try to touch him as he walked past, taking pictures of him. Like it's. It's actually a different world that we, you know, we don't see, and it was it was interesting to be able to kind of to link into it for one night and to see it as well. But your point as well, and you know, they're getting a lot of things right. I thought they did. They brought some really good fighters. Obviously, we we'll get to the fights in a minute. Like Michael Materla, I thought was very impressive. You know, huge fan base as well. Um, you know, you you had Gamrod against Park, which was a tremendous fight. Uh, you had the the female fight as well, which uh, Ariana Lipsky won. I thought she was very impressive, even though you know it went uh, it went pretty quickly, and she won, won via rear naked choke in the first. And um, uh, David Zawada as well. I, I don't think he's. I believe he's South African. So he's, I don't think he's Polish anyway. But he was able. German, to, I think. Is he, is he, is he, he's German. German. Sorry, yeah, he is actually, yeah. But uh, obviously with the Irish guys as well. But 
I, I, getting the things right. What that whole James McSweeney thing as well. I think, you know, there was there was coming into the fight. Uh, well, the word going around was that he had been cleared of of everything. Uh, he did an interview with. Um, um, John Ferguson, I, I believe it is, and his podcast. He's a new. It's MMA Huddle now. The podcast is anyway, but it was a different name before. Uh, and he said that he had a, James McSweeney said that he had a, a stroke and that he couldn't see properly out of his left eye and he wouldn't be able to fight again. Uh, but between then and last week, uh, apparently he was cleared by by a doctor to fight. Uh, he came over at KSW. Obviously, had seen that interview and stuff, and and refused to. From what I heard, anyway, you know they they'll come out and make a statement about it. I'm sure um, is they um, they refused to to let him fight and 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 whatever and refused to put the show under uh, safe MMA unless you know unless he was taken off it. Obviously, KSW did take him off it, put Jay Silva in instead, which was a good replacement to find. You know, it, was, it turned out to be a good fight, and then safe MMA if safe MMA let the show go through. So that's you know for the sport in Ireland as well. I know this was a kind of a big Polish night, but for the sport in Ireland. To do something like that, you know, we, ever since the Joe Carvalho Irish MMA and MMA in Ireland has kind of been reaching for a professionalism that we need, reaching for an area where it can be looked at as a safe sport, as a thing that you know we can, you know, it's not the underground kind of sport anymore. And if that had been let go through, you could see like that the underground kind of element of it was still there, even with that cage boxing a while back as well, that probably, you know, shouldn't have happened. It's good to see like th things like this pulled for safety concerns like that, you know, and for yeah. <clears throat> as well, I thought that was very good. Yeah, well, like if, if it goes ahead after people were questioning whether he should be cleared or not and something wrong or something happens to him, um, it just, it just, nobody wants to have their signature on that clearance form, I suppose. No, mm -hmm. no doctor wants to, put, wants to put their name to it and it would be a really bad look for the sport and, it, it, it like James McSweeney kind of shot himself in the foot doing that interview, saying saying all that stuff that he's like couldn't see out of one eye or he's blind to one eye and had a stroke and all this stuff. And uh, see, the brain is it's not like a, a like a broken bone that you can't just X-ray it and know for sure. Like you know, yeah. the whole thing with the NFL and rugby and all these concussions will tell you that. Like even soccer, people are talking about it. Who is so? Well, Kevin Doyle, an Irish footballer, retired because he was getting concussed heading the ball you know it's, it, people don't know what's going on in the brain so it's it's really it's really delicate and i don't really know like it's hard to say because it is it is so complicated but when when a guy's coming out and saying that it was all of his own uh free will like max Weenie did it's kind of it's kind of tough to to clear him yeah 100 yeah i think look i think they did the right thing in the end and it turned out to be uh you know, turned out to be a good fight anyway. But let's get to let's get to some of the fights here. And I suppose the main event, the best fight on the card for me well, was the corner main event. But it probably should have been you know the main event. But we, we know why it wasn't because Pujanowski so so huge and the reception he got was that. But uh, Norman Park against Matthias Gamrat, and this I thought this was an absolutely phenomenal fight until obviously the the eye poke at the end, which caused it to be a no contest. Um, for me, this was probably the best display of Norman Park's whole career. You know, Gamrat's a good guy. We all know his record. And Park just absolutely took it to him. I thought he was destroying him in the first round, going into the second as well. Gamrat did come back into a little bit. But I thought that was definitely Park's fight. How many... Uh, how many he, he got... Was it two low blows and two eye pokes? One, one like low blow, I think, and two eye pokes, I think it was. Um, I, I don't know if Norman Park was destroying him, but I thought he was... I, I thought, thought he was in the first, though. Jesus, I thought he won the first round clear enough, and I thought the second was a little closer, but I, I would have been edging it towards Norman. But, um, 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I think if it had gone another fifteen seconds, apparently, or twenty seconds, it would have went to to the scorecards. But it just yeah. it ended up as no contest. But um, I think there was a couple of clashes of heads as well. I actually didn't see them because I was uh, kind of standing outside the media room, up at the kind of the, the upper tier. So it was hard to see, but uh, people were saying that there was a couple of he- accidental headbutts between the two as well. Like so, it was a scrappy fight. Like Norman's usually not really getting into slugfest, but he was pointing at the ground and trying to trying to get Gamrot to trade with him. And I think um, I think uh, Gamrot was was losing the the majority anyway of the, of the exchanges. And you, you, it's hard to know if people are intentionally making these fails, but when the biting incident the last time and then. Three fouls in this. How many fouls do you have? Like, okay, forget about the the first fight, but in three fouls, like, should that not be? Should there not be some kind of punishment for that from the referee during the, during like a point? Is a lot. We know when a point is a lot, but if guys if a guy's persistently fouling over over a seven minute period, like, it, 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 something has to be done. Yeah, I think it got too much in the end. I, I look, the, I don't know. What it, obviously, Mark Goddard is a very good referee. We, we'll talk about him in detail more, but I think he's the best referee in the world, to be honest. But maybe I think he probably could have taken a point. All right, um, but it was it was weird though because like I'm not sure if one of the IPOX cut uh, cut his eye or not. It looked like it did to me, but obviously, as I said, we you know sitting there live, it's it's hard to actually see it. I think. He the one very very good shot that Gamrot hit him with kind of uh, closed up his eye as well and his eye got progressively worse and worse. You could see it like Norman had a lot of damage in his face as you were saying there. Yeah, the, I thought the first round Park was dominant, but the second round Gamrot definitely came into it and was you know landed on his face. And like my my whole point on this, like you know me, I'm a bit of a purist watching fights, love great fights. Norman Park is a guy who's been criticised an awful lot for having a boring style and you know people it's always been a mark on him and i think that's something that's kind of got him a little bit and in his last few fights he's definitely tried to change that but this one it was like norman park was like i'm just going balls out full diego sanchez on it and just went straight forward it was it was probably the best fight i've seen live for those couple of rounds uh it was it was really really good. I thought it was it was you know I thought it was nice for Norman Park to see something like that for him going forward and for the fans to kind of be real up for it. Even you know the, there was a large Polish contingent there and he got big boos coming in because of obviously what happened the last time as well. And I think that crowd kind of jeered him on. You know he was he was like trying to g him up to get him going. And uh, I think that um you know I think that kind of played into his hands a little because uh, because it did get him going, it did get him pushing forward, and it was and as I said I thought it was one of the best displays of his career, definitely the most enjoyable fight I've seen of him anyway. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see it again. I think they should do it again. What do you think? I know Gamrot said he doesn't really want it. Either. Yeah, Gamrot was saying, and uh, we actually we did an interview with Gamrot through a translator, but the, there was a problem with the audio, so it didn't go up. But um, but he was saying through a translator that uh, he thinks he won the first fight, he thinks he won won the second fight, even though it was, it was a no contest. And he says, why would he fight him again? Basically, but he, the guys really don't like each other. <laughs> you could see that in in the in the cage afterwards. There was, Corner man, even or Gamrot's corner man, even punched mm-hmm. Park. Uh, sucker punched him when he. <laughs> it was mad, uh, and it was it was uh, it was definitely not um, kayfabe. They're, they're not playing up to the cameras. They don't. They just don't like each other. I, like a lot of the time, MMA guys are just playing it up. But I, I don't. Th- I don't think these guys are. So, um, I think it would make sense for KSW to do it again as well. It was. There's a lot of story behind this already. Like you have the. Norman going over there, the biting incident, controversial decision. Then Norman missing weight this time, which mm-hmm. which is Norman's missed weight twice now since he's left the UFC. Once he he claims wasn't really his fault. It was a 
Bahama hotel room fiasco, according to, to Norman. But this time, it was from what he was saying, it was his fault. Um, is he able to make fifty-five without without damaging himself? He said his kidneys were hurting. He just, I think, I think if he just started his the diet that he does or the the whatever way he loses weight, just a few weeks, a few weeks out, a few weeks more out than he usually does, then he should be able to make one fifty-five. I don't think welterweight is. I think he'd be a pretty small welterweight. So, um, nobody really else in KSW that really stands out that you want to see Gamrock go against. Like, I think this is still unfinished business between the two of them. Like, it's it's controversial. It's very controversial. The whole the whole uh, both both fights are very controversial. And, um, yeah, I think we're on it back, but um, Gamrock didn't seem to want to do it. I, I think you could definitely headline a garden at Tree Arena with that again and fill it up with eight or nine thousand people. Hundred percent. You like might even it. be able to do another. What do they do? The fifty, fifty odd thousand in Poland, or what, yeah. you could you yeah. could put that on on another huge card over there. And the Polish fans really like Gamrot. Like they were really behind them. They were when when they were announcing the names of the upcoming. They were giving massive cheers. So that he's he's popular over there. He's undefeated. He's He's a, he's the the champion. Like he he's kind of their up and coming prospect that everybody's talking about. Like there there isn't much like Norman Parker. Like cut from the, like I don't think anybody in the lightweight division has been cut from the UFC with the record in the UFC that Norman had. So he's probably the, Norman probably is the stiffest test outside the UFC for him. Yeah, um, yeah. like even we saw you know there was a bit of crowd trouble and stuff uh during that fight you know when, when it obviously got called no contest and things like that there was there was a few vocal lads down from the north let's say and you know roaring abuse and stuff and the, <laughs> the, the polish lads didn't like that too much and there was the guards were called in and stuff and they were waiting but it, it did calm down and stuff after that when it got to the pudjanowski fight i think it had kind of calmed down and it wasn't too bad but it was kind of a wild scene there for a while even outside afterwards you know there was <laughs> Uh, the Polish lads are not known for being uh, all loving and caring and all times, as I think a lot of people know. That to be stereotyped too much, right now. But uh, yeah, there was there was a few mad lads going around afterwards, running and shouting outside. But uh, yeah, the, I thought uh, you know them. It just it made for a mad atmosphere seeing that fight. You know, as you said, Gamrot's fans. They're just, you know, mental altogether. Park is a big, you know, big fan base down from the north as well. Two mental lads altogether. Maybe that'd even be, a, you know, something you could do above in the Odyssey. Even I know uh, Alan Philpot and a couple of more lads were calling for, um, you know, calling for a big fight to come to Kest or to to the north. I think that's something you could do um, as well. As you made the point there on on um, Gamrot's Cornerman, I believe was it, you retweeted there. Mark Goddard uh, tweeted that he's been banned from KSW. Is that right? Two two year ban from from KSW or cornering KSW and thirty percent of Gamrot's purse. I think he, I think Goddard oh, said. Really? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Fair so play. I Gamrot's not happy with your man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mar- Norman Park got thirty percent of his purse taken as well. So they both just get to keep their purses. Is that it? I don't know if KSW take it or if it goes to the. I'm not sure actually. I'm I'm, I'm not sure who's getting paid more or whatever. But uh, uh, as well, yeah. that ends well anyway. Well, <laughs> it, didn't, yeah. it didn't really end well. <laughs> it was just the fight was about to turn into an epic fight, and then it just got cut short. It, it would have been. It, it was one of them fights that it seemed even in the second round where you're thinking, oh, I wish this was a five round fight, which was yeah. supposed to be, but obviously Norm didn't make weight as we talked about. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next, maybe most well from the Irish side of it anyway. The most impressive display for me, I thought, was Paul Redmond uh, against Lucas Suietz. Uh He looked. I, I've never seen him looking as good as well. You know, I thought I thought it was a very very good night for Polish MMA, but Irish MMA as well. You know, his hands looked absolutely phenomenal. I believe I believe they gave it a split decision. Yeah. <laughs> 
as I said, it, it's tough to look from ringside. I thought it was either 30-27 Redmond or 29-28 Redmond. I don't think there was a case at all for two rounds uh, for Lucas in that. But, you know, I'd have to watch back. You know, obviously he was, you know, posting videos and stuff, doing all the work for the Severe MMA site when the two boys were just standing around, like, doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got the kids it's a uh, cage side while we were in a little room upstairs with no <laughs> TV or no, no uh, close circuit <laughs> footage of the fights. <laughs> but yeah, but Paul Redmond looked very, very good. I thought... I thought his jab looked absolutely phenomenal. I thought he was throwing very good combinations. Uh, he's, he, your man went for a couple of takedowns. Paul Redmond, you know, blocked most of them. I think he got taken down once, immediately went for that leg. <laughs> you know, myself and Peter were sitting there and we're like, he's going to go for the leg, isn't he? And he, he did go for it. He, I don't think he was near anything he said it tonight afterwards, but it, it's so dangerous when he's there. We, we talked about it in the podcast when, obviously, Andrew was back last week, that Paul Redmond has improved so much. And, you know, he there's always that thing where he got to the UFC and maybe a little bit too early. And then he got those two big losses coming in against, you know, one, one of the best prospects in the world down at 145 as well. Now back up at 155, you know, he's looked tremendous. I thought since he, since he's left the UFC, even that fight with Park, you, you know, you said it there, Park is probably the best lightweight outside of the UFC. A lot of people thought, um, Raymond won that fight. And I was a few, definitely a 50, 51. There was, uh, you know, could have been, um, points taken and stuff, but he's looked very, very good since I think his game has upped an awful lot. And it looked good against, uh, again on, on Sunday against an opponent you know who wasn't that bad at all I thought he kept going forward he had an absolutely iron chin in him as well I thought and, and Redmond just kept going you know kept going for the whole three rounds and looked very very good in cardio wise technique wise you know everything I thought it was very impressive yeah yeah I thought he looked great a couple of times he got he kind of got to the back and tried to take him down he, he, I think a cage grab kind of stopped it a couple of times which uh, the ref didn't didn't the ref actually was giving out to Redmond, I think, for holding the cage when the other guy was holding the cage at one stage. The ref was like, I'm not holding the cage. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the split decision was a bit of a weird one. But obviously, as I was saying, it was kind of far away watching it from, you don't get to see it as well as you do on a TV or when you're when you're cage side like you were. But um, yeah, no, I, th- I, I thought it was very impressive from Red. He's obviously um, 55, 155 pounds is obviously just. Just it's just much better for him. It's just his weight class. One forty five was, was was ridiculous when he was in the UFC. He just was killing himself to to get there, and it's just it, it, he just couldn't perform then, um, just with that much uh, stress on the body and the day before, and couldn't too much weight. Like the size of the guy's head. Have you seen his head? <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, it was standing in front of him. He's pretty big head. Like you know, he shouldn't be making one forty five with a head that big. <laughs> He looked like Neil Siri, a lot of people were saying as well. So maybe uh, Redmond's used, used to bend the head off lads who look like that. So <laughs> <laughs> that was always a help. Uh, Chris Fields as well, made his long away to come back after 18 months of cancelled fights and injuries and different stuff. It was good to see him back. It, was, it wasn't the best fight in the world, I'm saying. I, 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 I think a lot of people say, but I think Chris Fields fought maybe the most intelligent fight I've seen him in a long time. I think Carl Pinder was saying that as well. You know, got a lot of takedowns, a lot of top control. Was landing good from the outside, using his reach. You know, he's a big guy, even a even at light heavyweight. You know, he's tall, rangy. I thought he used his size very well. Uh, his jab, his kicks on top, he looked dangerous. He was on bottom a couple of times as well. You know, didn't really look like getting submitted. Was good getting out from bottom as well. And uh, you know, all around good display as well. Good to kind of get back in the winning column for Chris Fields as well. Yeah, I think he was. He wasn't. He wasn't just content to, when he got the takedowns or he, he got the sweep. It was a really nice sweep he actually got at one stage. Mm-hmm. He wasn't content and just just being on top and landing small shots. He was going for chokes. He was going for darts. He was trying to. He was trying to finish the fight. Like and I think. Um, he was he's got pretty tired in the third round because he kind of gassed he gassed himself out a bit kind of going for them finishes but uh also with a bit bit of cage rust obviously as a 
as you said, he'd, he'd been kind of preparing for fights constantly for the last, or not constantly, but repeatedly for the last uh, 18 months, two years, but not actually fighting. And um, it, it does kind of, nothing can really replicate the exact kind of emotions and feelings and uh, intensity of, of an actual fight, no matter no matter what sparring you do. So it, I think maybe uh, maybe if he hadn't been out for so long, he he might uh, he might have gassed as much as he did. But it, it wasn't like it wasn't that he gassed ridiculously or anything. But there was a couple of shaky moments where he kind of backed himself up against the cage, and you were thinking, oh, you want you want to you don't want to you don't want to stay there too long if you, you might end up throwing this fight away. But um, yeah, I thought I thought he clearly won, and um. I don't think many people were arguing. I think it was pretty dominant. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Conor Dionowski and Paul Lawrence as well. Very, very close fight there. Uh, David. Yeah, how did you? How did you have that actually? Because uh, I missed a good bit of that. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 it's hard. I, I thought you know I had Dionowski twenty nine twenty eight, but it could have been twenty nine twenty eight the other way as well. I wasn't. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know. Like, how do you score them slams slash triangle attempts? Like, like the three big slams off like triangle attempts, wasn't it from yeah. Conrad? Like is he scored a submission attempt or like it's kind of hard to know what what to go with there and I honestly I think Conrad got tired as well, which I think cost yeah. him in the end. I honestly think the worst people in the world to score fights are people covering the fights cage side. I honestly do. I like because you're on your computer, you're doing different things. You can't watch the fights properly. It's uh, and I'm not saying like the judges and stuff who have the telly in front of them and who are watching the fight grand, but like someone like me and the lads who are sitting cage side, you know, a lot of the lads doing play by play and stuff. You know, I was posting the videos, posting the results, you know, doing the live tweeting and stuff. It, it's you know, <laughs> it's literally the worst. I think it's the worst place to watch fights. And you know, it's, I could watch that fight again, I could score 30 27 for someone, so I'm I wouldn't take myself 100% on that. But I thought it was a good fight, that was a high quality fight as well, you know. And I think PT was even mentioning that like it's great for two lads like this, you know, who are very much kind of coming up in the game still to get that much experience in front of an absolutely ra- raucous crowd like it was. You know, the, by that time, it was the second fight, I think it, you know, the place was full, and you know, it's good for him to get that experience as well. Um, but yeah, as I said, David Zavada as well, very impressive. Uh, Ariane Lipsky's rear naked choke. Not much to say about that fight. He went in and, uh, you know, absolutely destroyed her opponent, Marina Morais. Uh, Michael Matorla as well. I think he was probably, apart from Pujanowski, he was the crowd favorite coming in there. You know, there was a huge chance for him uh, as he fought Paulo Tiago and won by second round KO with a big right hand he left inside. I thought that was probably the best matchup between both guys of the night. I thought. You know, I thought they were very, very impressive. Paulo Tiago look, you know, look good after, you know, it's been a while now since, you know, he's maybe he's top fought the the top uh, top guys in the UFC and stuff. But um, Matarla was very impressive to me. I thought, you know, obviously you can see how strong he is and stuff, but that striking looks very good. You know, his grappling as well was good against Paulo Tiago, an experienced guy. But I was impressed with him. I think he might be. I think he might be the big star. You know, obviously the UFC wanted him, and for KSW to hold on to him, it's a bit of a coup. Yeah, I think they used to want them, but I, I was hearing some—I don't know how true this is—but I was hearing there was some problem getting getting visas or some kind of like problem maybe in his in his past or some something like that 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 prevented him from signing. I think there was talk of him signing fighting on the the dance cards the day before. They used to want them for that initially, but uh, there was some kind of hiccup that uh, I don't know if it's a permanent hiccup hiccup or a temporary one. I, I had to look into that, but um, I think he would be in the UFC if it wasn't for that already. So uh, yeah, it was a. Uh, a big, a big support behind him, as you said, and he's he's had thirty fights already, and he's won he's won twenty five of them. So he's he's an experienced guy, and like me, it's not the, you know KSW are paying a lot of money, so the, the disparity in pay with the UFC is probably it's probably in the it's probably actually making he's probably actually making more in KSW than he would in in the UFC as an as an entry fighter. But if he can keep 
if you can keep winning and sort out whatever whatever problem it was getting signed to the UFC, then he can probably he can probably end up getting a better contract if he if he keeps winning. Mm. Michael Matarla versus Emil Mech. Make that happen. I'll watch yeah, that. definitely watch that. That'll be class. And the main event in uh, Marius, Marius Pujanowski against Jay Silva. Uh, it was it was a good fight for like a round and a half, and then both of them got very tired. And Dylan was kind of, <laughs> and you know, not much happened. I believe one judge scored the third round, the ten eight for Jay Silva, and that gave it a majority decision. So two two judges had it for uh, Pujanowski. Uh, not much to say about it other than that. But you know, Pujanowski's obviously a huge star. Uh, the Polish crowd are absolutely you know mad for him and. You know, he is what he is. Obviously, he was the world's yeah. strongest man. It's you're not going to guess, you know, John Jones, Dimitri Jan's technique out of Budzianowski, but yeah. he's, he's by no means a scrub. Yeah. You know, he's, he he can do little bits. He's you know, he, he got a, a beautiful takedown from a flying a flying uh, tie at one stage, which Patrick got a beautiful picture of. And uh, there was a few more impressive things as well. But uh, yeah, I know Jay Silva has like an up and down record. Was it 10, 10 and 11 going into it? But he's fought some like tough, tough, tough guys. He's been in the UFC, he's fought. Uh, Sam Alvey outside the UFC. He's fought uh, the guy we were talking about earlier, Materla, twice. He beat him the first time by uh, TKO, and he and he lost the second time by decision. So, like you know, Jay Silva, he may be a middleweight historically, but he, he he's a he's definitely a skilled martial artist, even if his, even his yeah. record isn't great. And uh, Budnowski, like he's definitely come a long way since he first since he first came into MMA, and he was fighting in two round fights that getting decisions he didn't deserve. He's definitely uh, he's definitely come on now. And he's much better. Yeah, Jess Silva didn't look like a middleweight on Sunday either. He was fucking huge. Yeah, but well, he was in on short notice, I suppose, as well. Like, yeah, um, he, he he definitely didn't look like he'd be making middleweight anytime soon again. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but look, Kudnesky got on top of him. He was just he, there wasn't much he could do to, to, no. to get up. He's just a monster. Could anyone? Though? Could anyone? That mammoth of a man on top of you, absolutely fucking huge. But. uh yeah, hopefully KSW will be back again anyway. You know, it's a very, uh, very enjoyable show to cover. Very, very enjoyable show to be at. Uh, can't really say enough good things about him. You know, we, you know, we kind of call it down the center when we can. And I think, you know, if they'd done something bad, we'd say it. But I think everything they did was pretty impressive. And you know, even the way the media and stuff was run on on the night and stuff, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, and you know, it's fair play to them more the merrier more shows like that come back to ireland i think it's uh it's good for irish mma and good for mma in general so yeah definitely great show yeah let's move on to poland again it's all poland this week uh ufc gdansk went down over in poland on saturday night i just watched back a few of the fights there before we we got this in we're trying to get this out as quickly as we can for everyone listening uh so let's get to what do you want to get to first Graham? what do you think yeah uh, Darren Till, like yeah. he just he just looked fantastic. He he, yeah. we, we've talked extensively about Don Cerrone's weaknesses in the past and the boxing and Darren Till had the, the the perfect game plan, just put pressure on Cerrone, force him backwards, throw him punches in his face, and he just he, historically Cerrone just can't handle that. And uh, Darren Till, perfect game plan, perfect execution, best he's ever looked, and uh, I thought that Cerrone might be able to mix in a couple of takedowns. He tried. Darren Till stuffed them easily enough. Um, yeah, he just looked fantastic. Uh, Darren Till, he's still only twenty four. Like it's 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 mad. Uh, it's, he kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he, he was he went over to uh, obviously people knew a few people knew, but he wasn't really in the public consciousness, even in the the UK MMA media. Nobody's really talking about him until a couple of years ago because he was out in Brazil. Uh, but he's 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 got to be their best prospect, hasn't he? Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> He's he's 
he's um the, the fight the fight with Dalby showed that he's really tough and he can he can like I think he broke his did he break his hand or his arm or something or bone in his arm in that fight and he still fought through like he's a tough nut. Them Muay Thai guys are really tough. Like they're they're kicking trees and shit. Like you know they're fucking mm-hmm. they're 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 tough. Like and he's definitely one of them. And he he kind of he didn't really use his Muay Thai too much. Bar his hands, but that was the right game plan. And that showed a, a good level of intelligence from from him and his camp to to do that. He was the biggest fight of his career. He didn't look nervous at all. Um, he just he just ran straight through Donald Cerrone with, with ease and made him look made him look just looked way better fo- looked a way better fighter than Donald Cerrone. Yeah, I uh, I saw that I was I was obviously out at my friend's thirtieth and uh, happy birthday Dahi as well by the way uh, on Saturday and I didn't see it but I saw the finish at the time and I had like this b- big rant planned about how MMA media are too soft on fighters sometimes and that they won't actually say you know what ha- what's happened because I th- and I think that is t- true a, a bit as well we you know you obviously respect them a lot it's like a lot different if if Man United or Liverpool play badly you know journalists will come out and say they played badly. Whereas in MMA, if someone fights badly, it's kind of it's more a personal thing, and they don't want to say it. But I think, I, I think we have a responsibility to say it. I think we should say it. And obviously with Cerrone, I do say it a lot. You know that he he gives up and stuff a lot in fights, and he has done that historically three or four times. But then I watched the whole fight, and I just can't say that he did. I I don't believe that. I think it, I think you're dead right in what you said that it was just Darren Till looked phenomenal. And I, I I said about Darren Till coming up to this like, there's a point you reach where you either plateau or you'll kick on you'll either go up you'll meet someone better than you and you'll be better than them you'll rise to the occasion and i wasn't sure darren till did that and i don't think anyone was sure i don't think darren till was sure he said he was sure and i'm sure he has brilliant confidence but he didn't know nobody knew but he's proven it now and he went in there and absolutely destroyed donald Cerrone. and this Cerrone looked overwhelmed from the very start and he didn't look overwhelmed i think because it was a bad night or a night off or anything i thought till just absolutely took it from him you know we, we spoke about it, the way he'd win the fight it was forward pressure not giving Cerrone a chance to you know to counter him to get on the front foot to land the shots that he needs to get into the fight and he did it perfectly that's exactly what you need and that might seem simple yeah you know go forward you're bigger than him use your size use your power might seem it might seem simple but it's not that simple and it's not that simple because hardly nobody can actually do it you know it's very very rare you see someone going there and put on a perfect game plan like that against someone as good as donald cerrone you know he's well he's only a handful of losses in, in the ufc and you know cerrone beat him as easily as anyone apart from maybe rda and you know even a little bit more impressively than this because you know i thought he just absolutely took him apart he was landing beautiful jabs landed a couple of uppercuts uh, as you said, Cerrone kind of got one takedown. He got straight back up from it. He was landing power shots. Hurt Cerrone. I think he broke his nose with a a, a short elbow in 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 close. Got him up against the fence and just finished him with, with a few hands. Do you know one thing as well that I picked out? You know, I think everyone knows he. You know, he's. I know he doesn't have that many knockouts. No knockouts in the UFC up until this, and he's good power. He's obviously a bigger guy, but I thought the most impressive thing for me was his speed. I thought his hand speed was absolutely phenomenal against someone like Cerrone who's you know who's probably you know if there was a 60 160 pound division he'd probably be fighting there but he's more of I think he's more of a 155 pound than 170 or and Darren Till maybe more of a 185 or the 170 or and he was you know he absolutely looked phenomenally quick faster than Cerrone in there and that's something when you're going up you know against maybe someone like an RDA or a Mike Perry who you know who he called out afterwards or a Ponzinibbio 
that Ponzinibbio fight could be unbelievable if that was to happen as well because he's a you know, similar type of guy. But even against a guy like Woodley as well, if he can be faster than him and hit that hard, you know, in, in the future it could be dangerous. And I really think this was a coming of, a coming of age. I know sometimes I get carried away with guys even, you know, maybe maybe wrongly so, but with Till, I just wasn't there yet. But I'm a believer now. You know, he looked looked really, really good. Couldn't, couldn't have been more impressed with Darren Till on Saturday. Pity, just a pity he sports Liverpool. <laughs> That's one of the best things about him. <laughs> um, smart man. No, uh, he uh, he's sixteen zero and one now, so he's he's still undefeated. He's he's twenty four, as we said. He's really he seems to be improving fight to fight. He, he's tough, as we said. He, he seems to have he seems to have it all. Yes, he, he seems to have really good self belief. He's not talking even before the fight. He was not. He's like, I don't I don't want to just be champion. I want to be the, the greatest. Like you know, he's. He's not gonna. He has, he has lofty goals, and he's he's gonna try and he's gonna try and achieve them. And like leave, leaving, even leaving Liverpool, I think there was some kind of gang-related stuff going on over there. So he was sent off when he went off and left everything and went and trained. And uh, being away from home probably like kind of hardened him as well as a young man. Like you know, um, it probably all stand to him. Like he seems to have uh, everything. He seems to have everything. Like uh, okay, so Cerrone isn't the best take down guy in the division but he's, he's not bad like you know it's only it's only get take downs when he needs them in, in a lot of fights but obviously there's another caliber of, of wrestler we haven't seen tail against yet and you'll have to answer that question but all fighters have, have questions to answer in their game and at 24 you'd, you'd expect you wouldn't expect him to have proven everything so uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun watching him and the perry fight i think i think tail deserves a better fight than that to be honest i agree yeah and I think Ponzinibbio deserves a better fight than Mike Perry as well. <clears throat> I think Ponzinibbio against Till would make perfect sense now if the if the, the Perry fight hadn't been I made. We couldn't, couldn't have two two of the best English prospects with one eye by the end of it. Bisbing and well, Bisbing Cypriot, but you gotta watch <laughs> out for the eyes of, of these English guys. <laughs> Bisbing Cypriot, you're some bollocks. <laughs> now, look, I'm just looking at the rankings there, like Robbie Lawler. Who's Robbie Lawler's fighting? He's fighting uh, RDA, isn't he? Uh, Wonder by Thompson is fighting. Um, <clears throat> Masvidal coming up. Maya is fighting Colby Covington. Cerrone obviously just beat Cerrone. Carlos Condit's fighting Magni. What about Usman? Is he, is he fighting somebody? Usman, yeah, Usman was given someone there a couple of days ago. So yeah, he's booked as well. Panzanini. They're, they're two big prospects as well. You probably wouldn't want to do that and put them against each other. The only one up there is Gunnar Nelson. He's the only one that's there that's not matched, I think, at the moment. He's coming off a loss though with that yeah. controversial loss against uh, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah, and it's possible like he can he can wait as well. He only fought forty five days ago as well, Darren Till. So maybe you know, yeah, and like you know, Maya's fighting next week, and uh, yeah. Masvidal's fighting soon, I think as well, isn't he? And so there'll be there'll be people opening up, and um, depending on what happens in, in these upcoming matchups, uh, there's no rush as well. Like you know, he he can he can enjoy the the biggest win of his career for for. Uh, for a few weeks before he has to think about getting an opponent. Yeah, that is true. It was kind of weird that Mike Perry was there, and you know they did <laughs> because that fight's probably not going to happen. Like, but you know, someone could fall out of that or something. You know, it is possible. But yeah, looking forward to going to see what's next for Darnell. But what, what about Cerrone? Do you think? You know, he's taken a few losses now at welterweight. Still ranked number six. Probably won't be there for much longer. But do you think it's back down to one yeah. fifty-five for him? Um, if he's going to be fighting, these like there was talk of him having another fight booked for after the tail fight, even before the the, the tail fight took place there last mm-hmm. weekend. So, um, you don't want to be making that one fifty five cut uh, on short notice all over the place. But uh, maybe for the short notice fights, he he should do one seventy, and, and when he's when he's doing a proper camp and 
it depends though because like we always talk about guys shouldn't cut it all this weight, but then we're like, oh, the second they lose a couple of fights up the weight, we're 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 kind of like, ah, oh, you should drop back down. Donald Stoney's like, you know, he's been here before where he's dropped a few fights and yeah, even at one fifty five, even back in WEC and he's come back. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good matchups stylistically for Donald Cerrone still left in the welterweight division. Maybe not in the top the top three, four or five, but in there's definitely a lot of guys he hasn't fought at welterweight that he could fight and that he probably would beat. So I don't think there's any any rush for him to go to, to go back down. But obviously if there's a, a big fight comes along at one fifty five and he's given the ample uh, ample amount of time to make weight, then I, I, like he, he should do that. But um yeah, he he can he can go between both. What about Gunnar Nelson, Donald Cerrone? Yeah, I definitely watched that. Yeah, makes sense. Bring that to Ireland, have it on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, yeah, I definitely think it's onward and upward to Tillen. You know, Cerrone will be probably back in there in in pretty short order too. Um, a few more fights there. Karolina Kowalkiewicz obviously was was pretty impressive against Jody Escabel. I, I thought Escabel was actually good. You know, coming in there on her UFC debut, she did she did okay against a very tough matchup. I think Kowalkiewicz is probably you know top. Two, three fighters in that division, you know, gave gave Joanna more uh, more work than probably. Well, apart from Gidelia, maybe than, than anyone. Uh, like uh, I thought, Escobel's best chance was to get close and and to get in on Kavalkovich, but that's where Kavalkovich is, is the best as well. You know, with her with her short shots inside, that's you know that's what she's absolutely excellent at. Escobel just kept going all day. You know, win for a few takedowns as well as the fight went on, but there was kind of nothing she could do. She was just kind of outmatched. But you know, I think she'll beat a lot of people as well in that division. And you know, it's kind of tough for her first fight in there to get against yeah. uh, against someone so good. Yeah, very 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 tough fight for her to get uh, in uh, in hostile territory as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, she, she just she, she definitely was. She looked good, but Carolina Carolina was just better everywhere, pretty much, and uh, kind of cruised to a decision. And I think nobody was really surprised that that uh, the fight turned out like it did. But in fairness, as you say, she she, she definitely she's no mug, and she can beat. She can definitely pick up wins against uh, known people in the one fifty five women's division. Yeah, it was a bad night for uh for uh Team Jackson Winkley John Axon. He was Jody Escobel's from there, Don Cerrone's from there, and Devin Clark as well, I believe, from there. He got David David Yogurty Fogarty rear naked choke. No hooks, no really hooks choke. while against, standing uh, in front, kind of a bit yeah, weird. Yeah, Jan Blackovich. Is that actually called a rear naked choke or what is that? They, they call it like a some, bulldog choke or something. Yeah, they call it a, a standing bulldog choke, or it's either a bulldog choke or a or a no hooks RNC. But I like the no hooks RNC to be honest. That's that's my favorite. But yeah, whichever way. To, yeah, he's something in really nicely. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a sneaky. You like like usually you kind of say, "Oh, he didn't have any hooks," but that looked deep and tight, and, it, and he like it was it was really crafty and fair fair play to him. Like he, he's he's uh he's obviously he's he's kind of been around for for a long while. Nobody he doesn't really. I don't know if the fans are really that behind him or anything, but he seems to be getting better and better. And sometimes these guys that you kind of fly under the radar for a while and just steadily improve, like maybe maybe pick up a couple of, even like people like or Rafael Desanos, you know, he kind of dropped a, say three or four of his first six UFC fights, but then he just kept gradually getting better and rounding out his game. And sometimes these guys can become contenders in the end. It's yeah. not I thought I think it was an important win as well for the UFC in that market because I know Blackovich in the UFC he hasn't been that impressive, but 
in you know he was obviously the, the KSW champion. Came into the UFC, beat beat Latifi and Igor Prochayet, but has lost what was it four before the other night. So I think that's important. They, you know they need guys like him. You know you know the guys soft. he's losing to are like not no mugs. Like he's losing yeah. to Jimmy Manuel by decision, Corey Anderson by decision, uh, Gustafsson by decision, hmm. and then a majority decision to Pat Cummings. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit lower than that, but like Gustafsson, Manuel, people like that, like they're, they're very difficult fights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like even we saw all those KSW lads, how big they are, and you know, KSW's probably come on a lot even since he was there. But it's you know, it's good to have guys like that, and like Kavalkovic as well, who's in KSW as well. So that's you know, that's huge for them over there, uh, in that obviously growing market. It's probably one of the top five or six biggest markets in the world now for MMA. So it's good for the UFC to have uh, people like that over there. Um, a few more fights as well before we get to obviously Artem Nava was the the big one for Irish MMA fans. Oscar Pichoa against um, Jonathan Wilson. I thought Wilson was very, very poor, to be honest, when the fight went to the ground. I think Pichoa absolutely, you know, I think he probably should have finished him. <clears throat> in Was it the first round when he went down? He looked totally out of his depth altogether, Jonathan Wilson. You know, Pichoa looked good, but I thought it was just a completely outmatched fight. Anything else off the, the prelims there? I know I didn't get a chance to watch the Marcin Hell fight. My fight pass was actually kind of fucking up on me, but I heard that was a very good fight. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Marcin Hell has loads of scrambles, loads of leg lock attempts, the kind of the kind of usual, but with leg locks, like loads, most of uh, Hell's uh, submission wins by heel hook or by leg, any kind of leg lock come in the first round when guys aren't sweaty and you kind of need, you kind of need them to be dry and it didn't look like he got that close with any of them, but he 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 used all his leg lock attempts to, in order to flip the position, end up on top, or, and win the fight. Basically, like um, he doesn't seem to be evolving or anything. Martin held. He kind of came in as a young guy in Bellator, and people were like, "Oh, this guy's gonna be brilliant." But he he, he kind of his game is kind of very similar to how it was then. But he's still very fun to good fun to watch, and you end up you see some mad positions on the ground, and you see you see some leg lock attempts, which which are always fun. So I I always enjoy watching Martin held and uh, another. Very Martian held performance from Martian held. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big wins as well for Brian Keller there and uh, Aspen Lad Warley Alves getting back in the win column as well and uh, a few more FSM Envy lost to Razman Imeev there and Josh Emmett as well got a win. But um, Andre Feely got a big win over over obviously Ireland's own Artem Lobov and that and I saw. I didn't see the fight live. I watched it back, and a lot of people were saying it wasn't a great fight. I thought it was a pretty good fight. You know, it was it was a good tactical kind of matchup, which obviously uh, Feely definitely got the better of in the the first and third rounds. Anyway, I thought Labov won the second. Everyone gave him the third, but it was you know it was relatively close. I wouldn't gripe about it too much. I thought he just landed the harder shots and hurt Feely a couple of times, but Feely obviously hurt him very very hard in the first round with that head kick. Yeah, huge uh, head kick. Nearly knocked him out. Even before that, I thought like I picked Lobov to win because I thought his forward pressure would be enough, and I thought I think that's his the best part of his game. Feely obviously knew that, and had huge respect for him, and was very, very, very cautious early. When Lobov did get inside, he was throwing lots of shots to kind of stop Lobov from throwing his own shots and then getting away out again. And I thought he used his speed a lot. You know, Lobov obviously his pressure is obviously his best thing, and his power wouldn't be the fastest guy in the world. And I thought I think Feely utilized that uh, that advantage that he has over Lobov to win the fight uh, there was a kind of three very separate rounds because that happened in the first Feely kind of on his bike using his speed hurt Lobov then in the next round I think Lobov did a little bit better at closing the distance was landing his power shots maybe hurt Feely a couple of times not, not as hard as he hurt him obviously and then in the third Feely just kept going to his wrestling when Lobov was kind of forced to go forward you know he probably knew it was either 1-1 or 2-0 to, to Feely even could have been a 10-8 in the first you know with Feely landing that huge head kick so he had to go forward he had to push and I think the fact that he was going forward 
kept getting him taken down because he had to take those risks and uh, Feely ended up winning it there and probably the smartest fight of Andre Feely's career uh, in my opinion and you know Artem Abba was obviously be disappointed but I don't think there's really much more that he could do I thought he you know I thought he fought okay I just thought Feely was was you know uh, that little bit better than him and when he needed to be you know smart changing up his game plan as well in the third to, to take the decision yeah, I thought Feely looked looked uh, better than he has. He used his jab better than I've seen him before in his range. Uh, obviously, uh, Artem's got short arms and a short short reach, um, so he's looking to kind of get inside. And Feely kind of didn't let him. Was always a moving target. And I think I think obviously the I actually thought Lavov won the second round as well. It was obviously really close, but uh, I think everybody can agree that, uh, that 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 Feely won the first round with that big head kick, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third round, Artem. If he just had a, I think Feely was actually tired from all the all the movement. I, I think Artem was tired as well. But I think Feely was more tired in the third round. I think if Artem, it's obviously easy to be the general after the battle, but if if he hadn't really rushed in a couple of times when he got taken down, um, maybe he could he, he could have ended up catching. He did catch Feely or uh, Feely with a few big punches, but he could have caught maybe caught him with a couple more and maybe stole the fight. But um, in fairness to Feely, he timed the takedowns well. And when he got on top, he he, he worked from there. He, he made it difficult for for Artem, and when Artem did get did get back up, which uh, worked hard to get back up, he'd get him back down straight away, which is pretty demoralizing as well. Like so, it was a good game plan from Feely. He, he he used his reach well. He he moved well, and he deserved the decision. And he landed a really nice head kick as well, which Artem did very well to survive. So, fair play to Feely and. Uh, for Artem, as you were saying, I thought I, I thought he was gonna uh, I thought it was gonna be a decision to Artem before the fight as well. I thought he'd win a decision, but um, I think people, as you were saying, were kind of were kind of harsh on Artem after the fight. I think when he loses, people like to kind of jump in on him, and yeah. I think that's what happened again. But that, that's the way it goes. As long as people care about you, that's kind of what matters. That's how you end up uh, still signed to the UFC, and that's how you end up in UFC fight night main events because people care, even if they even if they like making fun of you or obviously there's a lot of fans as well so yeah um i think Artem will, will stick around because he's uh he's he's valuable to, to other promotions like ksw and, and bellator and i think I, I, I think you get another chance in the ufc yeah right. i think you'll see yeah 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 he's only two losses in a row he had two wins before that you know cub swanson andre feely definitely no shame in that anyway you know maybe against feely maybe expect him to win but against cub not so much like Charles Rosa oddly retweeted a tweet of mine from like 18 months ago that <laughs> I would like that'd be a good fight I think that'd be a fun fight like there's a lot of fun fights there for Artem Abba I'd definitely like to see him get you know if he, he gets one more maybe loses that then fair enough but you know two in two losses in a row and one of them's Cobb Swanson I don't think he should be getting caught on that he was talking about retirement as well I think it'd be a shame if he retired now because I think he's definitely fighting at his high, the highest level of his career and you know like Artem's obviously he's not going to be a, a UFC champion or anything, but I think there's a lot of a lot of very fun fights for him there, and uh, there's uh, that Charles yeah. Rosa fight I think would be very very good. But, People uh, care about him, and he, he he's not he's rarely in boring fights, and he he comes to try and to try and knock people out. So I think obviously the Conor McGregor factor is huge in it as well. So I think I think they stick around in the UFC. Yeah, speaking of the value, the... <laughs> as well to other promotions. Like yeah. it's not that the UFC here have to pay ridiculous amount of money to keep him around, like you know. Uh, what about the uh, David August suited elephant in the room, uh, Conor McGregor, walking around outside, having to be warned by Mark well, Goddard, Goddard to, to kind of shut up and sit down? Well, He's like, funny. you're not very professional, Goddard, or something like that. What you, uh, what's got into you? What's got into you, Goddard? Yeah, <laughs> <Something funny like laughs> yeah. yeah, we're actually talking like? to him. 
myself and the lads were talking to him then at KSW was at that as well, and he was kind of saying oh, like, God, mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's. I've, I don't think I've ever seen someone as professional as him. You know, he even like talking to us, you know, no cameras or nothing recording or anything. He was very professional about it. He was like, you know, he can say what he wants. He can roar as much as he wants. But when he's affecting the fight, standing up against the cage, then I have to say something and go, you know, move in and do it. And I think he did that very, very well. You know, I think he waited till the fight. There was, you know, a lull in the fight when their underground stopped him and told him to, you know, sit down and shut up, basically, which he was right there. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be standing up against the cage, like, roaring like that. Fair enough, sit in your seats, stand up in front of your seat, whatever. But when you're, like, chasing around the cage after the fight, you can't be doing yeah. shit like that. I think Goddard said, I can't remember who told me he said this, but I think he said um, that, Mc, that McGregor was, was putting him off, was <laughs> was distracting him, so he had to he had to get rid of him in order to, to give his full attention to the fight. Yeah. Uh, what about his backstage Then was obviously, you know, disgraceful. If people haven't seen it, there was a video. I think the UFC even tweeted it today and someone else got it before they they deleted where Conor McGregor, which seemed, seemed a little bit of a souped up Conor McGregor. He seemed drunk to me, but I'm not sure if he was now or not. But he called um, Andrew Feely a faggot three times, which is obviously disgraceful. And I, I'm amazed he hasn't already come out and apologized. You know, by the time this podcast comes out, he, he hopefully he will have. But that's absolutely disgraceful. Like you can't say, you can't be saying things like that. You know, whether you're being recorded or not, whether you knew know you're being recorded or not. I know, you know, he probably had a drink in him or whatever. And I don't think he meant it as like, you know, I don't. I wouldn't call him homophobic or anything. But just don't, you can't be saying those words now. You know, us growing up and everything. You know, everyone used those word those words and things like that. And then you know, privacy and all people still use them. Let you know, we know the reality of it. But you just can't be saying shit like that. You know, you're a thirty year old man there, not nearly now. You know, grow up a bit. You know, you you have a responsibility as someone you know world famous like that as a sports person. A lot of people look up to. You know, you can't be saying shit like that. And I think he should be rightly criticized roundly for that and i think he needs to come out and apologize as quickly as possible yeah i think i think it just looks uh, obviously there's there's people coming out the pc brigade are coming out and there's a few people going mad and making it out like the end of the world but i think most people have a right that it just kind of looks bad on, on connor more than anybody really like it's it's mm-hmm. only damaging himself more than anything and obviously um maybe some people young fans of connor's or, or whatever will, will be will be disappointed with the comments if, if they're if they're lgbtq um but but um i think obviously you don't like to make excuses for people but i think it, it, i think when he the only political thing he's ever really tweeted was was the yeah. the referendum of gay marriage and he, he he put his full support behind that and people make mistakes i i just don't think it's you know me. I'm not in any way PC. I'm, yeah, I'd be the I same. Like, but uh, like, uh, um, you know, the two of us. I don't think we're the most like political things. Uh, not political correctness, but like stuff like this. You know, it, it's still not our expertise. Like, I look to other people. I love to look at guys like Luke Thomas, Dave Dial, guys. Like that. And I think Dave Dial put it very well. You know that. Uh, he, as you were saying there, he came out in support of the marriage referendum and things like that. They obviously, gay marriage referendum in Ireland. And that's great and everything. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think he's homophobic in any way, but I, I still do think, look, if he comes out and apologizes to this, for this, I think a lot of people will have a lot of respect for him for saying that, for being brave enough to do that. <clears throat> and know he's truthful about it because of his past actions. So, like, I, I think he does need to do that, though, in fairness. Uh, I think people will forgive him for it. I think, you know, people will understand it in the heat of the moment or whatever. That, that's, you know, people use those words, as I said, but, you know, he need, he does need to come out and apologize for it because it's not you know it's not nothing you know it's it's you know it's something you can't be saying but um yeah yeah it just it just yeah it's just it's just stupid like it, it, 
especially when you don't when let's just assume for a minute that Connor isn't homophobic which I've been around him for a good while a good few years and many times and I don't think he is but let's say he is or let's say let's just say he isn't um it, it, say, calling somebody a faggot just just is stupid it's just a bad move he's a smart guy yeah. and it's a stupid move and it just makes him look a bit silly I think yeah, 100%. And you know, the, the, the worst, well, not the worst thing, but it's pity about this. Is like, I was listening to radio coming home there and off the ball, we're talking about it. And like, <clears throat> it's something that Irish media will will latch onto. And yeah, if you don't like them, will love it. Like, and the people yeah. that like them will defend it too too much, I think. Exactly. Yeah. You need to be in the middle. Like, you need to be in the right. But like, my point about it is, like, there was eight and a half thousand people probably watching KSW in Dublin this weekend. Probably the biggest event in the whole country. I don't was there. Any, I don't think there was anything as big as it in the whole country, and there wasn't a word about that, you know. And this is what they talk about. So that I thought that was an, a, you know an absolute shame, um, you know. But yeah, hopefully yeah, we have controversy in sales papers and, and gets clicks and yeah, and, e- even on sports shows apparently. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's move on for that. Yeah, hopefully he comes out and and he apologizes and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> before we move on to next week's UFC card, which we look at uh, cl- not very closely, but a little bit, uh, a few things happen over the weekend. I know Bellator was on; we didn't see that because Bellator doesn't uh, doesn't show live in Ireland. But uh, Gegard Mousasi beat um, Alexander Shlemenko in that one. Hitter Hardy beat got beaten. You you didn't see it? I know you saw some highlights of the Shlemenko fight. Did you see the Hardy fight? Uh, no, I didn't actually know. I missed right, we move on. Bellator, when you play him on TV, we'll talk about him. MVP, <laughs> MVP fought in a boxing match, which I was talking to a few people at KSW and they didn't like it. I thought it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it, but I'm, I'm a big fan of MVP, I suppose, and he's he's extrinsic. What's the one I'm looking for? Extrins- I can't say it. Extrinsicity. I can't say it. I, I've, I can't speak anymore. But uh, yeah, it was really fun. Did you... <laughs> were you watching? Was it you I was talking about it? I love, he's like, he knocked the guy out and he was like looking over the <laughs> looking over the fence at him and stuff and, you know, just like moving around using his uh, disruption and MMA angles and uh, he did it man he did Disruption. it he knocked um, him out man he did it yeah uh, yeah i think we've talked enough boxing and career <laughs> podcast for a lifetime right hopefully, anyway right. hopefully connor never Malinaji. Hashtag make it happen. Again. what do you think about that though the whole Malinaji thing you know Malinaji came out saying i that, think paulie's uh, just trying to yeah paulie's just talking nonsense again yeah i think the reaction to that online and stuff <clears throat> was maybe enough for it to not happen because it was so negative and not negative any as in like oh I hate this I don't want this to happen but I'll definitely watch it as in like fuck Please this shit. <laughs> don't make this happen we nobody in the world wants to see this apart from Bali Malnagy because uh he wants the money but yeah God don't make that happen Tony Ferguson let's make it happen right let's move on um next week's UFC card where's this on Sao Paulo Brazil oh Leon Machida is back from his pretty um odd suspension for uh for doping uh by all accounts which uh go over and read ian kidd stuff on that uh, if you want to know more about it because we don't really know that much about it to be honest but he's fighting Derek brunson in the main event over here uh, I, I suppose the, the the thing coming in here like if you're looking at brunson against leona machida you know kind of a wrestle boxer against a guy who's made a career out of beating wrestle boxers you should think this is a pretty easy win for leona machida but it's two years now since Machida has fought, obviously. Going to be a lot of ring rust. I think Derek Brunson has actually improved a bit, you know, looked good in, in some recent fights. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think this this could be, you know, a relatively close fight, possibly. I'd still probably favor Machida, but it's difficult to know what he's going to look like after so long out. Yeah, he's, he's he must be about 40 at this stage, Machida, as well. He's oh, definitely getting on. He's been in some, he's been in some tough, 
tough fights. Uh, he's been knocked out most memorably by uh, Shogun, I think. Um, he's been around, like you know. At some stage, I think he's probably going to slow down. This like Derek Brunson is no mug. I know Derek Brunson's kind of he's kind of struggled against the, the elite guys, but it, 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 as you say, Machida's been out for a while. It's it's a tough one to pick. Like I'd, I'd have to go with Machida just based based on uh, the skill sets we've seen previously from the two of them. But I wouldn't be that surprised if if two years on and at the age Machida is, and maybe he's not taking them super supplements that he was taking before. Whatever happened there, um, he could look different. He definitely could. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to you know I. I'm not, my picks will be out during the week. I haven't had the chance to watch that much footage and stuff in it yet. And I suppose, you know, there isn't really that much to watch. I, I think I'd definitely pick Machida, all right? But that's kind of one that you have to go into. If you look at Brunson's losses, though, though, you know, he's, he's Anderson, okay, yeah. he lost to Kendall Grove, but he lost to Jack Array years ago. He lost to Yo Romero uh, after he made Yo Romero shit himself uh, with a head kick. And then he lost to Whitaker and Anderson Silva. Okay, it's mm. not Anderson Silva of, of five years ago, but it's, it's still a very dangerous guy. Um, and he and he kind of fought. He fought. Uh, Brunson didn't fight very smart in that fight. Maybe he's learned from that. He, it's a tough fight to call. Like uh, I wouldn't be surprised with either guy winning. I, I'm, I'm just leaning towards Machida, but Brunson Brunson could win this one easily. Like I'm, I'm definitely not confident. Yeah, the best fight in this card by a, by a country mile is definitely Damian Maya against Colby Covington on the uh, your boy. Well, maybe not the best fight, but the the highest uh, rankings probably matchup in this fight. Uh, my boy Colby, yeah. This, I'm not sure how this guy fight could be absolutely terrible. This could be like three rounds of Colby Coven just sitting there and Damian Maya, you know, trying to submit him but not being able to. Or it could be three just absolutely terrible rounds of kickboxing, which I think is maybe the most likely outcome here. Um, if Damian Maya can get Colby Coven down and get on top of him, I think he'll probably submit him and end up winning. If Colby Coven can get Damian Maya down, I think he can probably win the fight that way with three rounds uh, by holding him there. That's playing a very dangerous game. Uh, and we know how good Maya is on the ground, but I think Covington is that kind of guy who can do that. He top pressure is just unbelievable. You know, he's a dickhead, but uh, <laughs> that's that's his. Uh, that's a you know his forward pressure is or his um his top pressure is really really good. He's you know he's elite in that area. I don't think his striking is particularly good. Probably better than Maya's though. Striking is pretty awful. Um, but yeah, three rounds of turgid kickboxing with Colby Covington winning is probably my most likely outcome here. If if Maya can get an early takedown, as you say, I think he'll I think he'll win. But but Covington is is a really good wrestler. Maya kind of doesn't really wrestle like like freestyle wrestling. He is tr- like trips and throws yeah. and little just kind of off balancing you and just getting under you and then reversing the position. He doesn't actually need a takedown. So I. Uh, He's getting old as well. It's kind of a similar thing with Machida, where at some stage it's probably going to all like age is going to catch up with you, and it's all going to it's it's all going to go wrong. But uh, I, I even though I actually think Covington is a really hard nosed wrestler and he chains together well and he's relentless, I think uh, I, I think um, oh, it's a tough one again. But I, I I think I'd have to go with Maya with Maya just to to get to get to get a either on the back and submit him or to, or to to get on to, onto a, onto his back and maybe win the rounds that way, but he's been known to get hurt as well. So there's some there's some good fights on this card that are hard to call, but I'll, I'll go with the veteran and uh, Maya again. He's just he's just so good on the ground. He's just so good. 
I'm going with Co- Covington. Hopefully the cooler is working in force again. Um, yeah, there's another, a lot of good fights actually in this fight for uh, Carl Pedro Munoz against Rob Font. A very good fight. Another bantamweight fight. John Lindegrings and Marlon Vera, which should be absolutely storm gangbusters altogether. Uh, Jack Romance against Tiago Santos is a fucking brilliant fight too. I love that fight too. Hard-hitting strikers. Tiago Santos loves head-kicking lads and stuff. Francisco Trinaldo against Jim Miller. Good fight. Nico Price is back against Vicente Luque. Josh Mark- Jack Marshman. The pride of Wales. Back again. Hakron Diaz. Max Griffin is on the card. You know, a very, very good card for a, for a fight night card anyway. Tremendous card. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that one. We'll be up in the, the wee small hours, I'm sure, of, of Saturday yeah. watching that one. So... The, the, the yeah. Brook, Jared Brooks and uh, Alcantara, two, two undefeated guys, 12 and, 12 and 0 and 13 and 0. Somebody's O has got to go. Mm-hmm. It should be called a zero, but everybody says O. Why is it be called zero and not O? Because O is uh, not a number, it's a letter. That's But isn't like O not just short for zero? Mm, no, it's kind of a hard I, I agree zero. with you on that. Do you know what I hate as well? Do you know the Americans call petrol gas? As in, it's short for gasoline. Like, or when people call ATMs ATM machines. Yeah, I hate that as well. Yeah, that's. that's (laughs) (laughs) Or people call euro euros. Yeah. They had to actually add that because people just getting it wrong and such such big numbers. They just gave in to the to the stupidity. They're a short of bastards. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's let's get to your questions. Uh, Mr. Podge, was anyone surprised Little Nog is still in the UFC? Would long suspension be the uh, best of his career? Obviously, Little Nog has failed a test. Well, he was flagged by USAD anyway. I suppose he'd have to go through arbitra- arbitration and stuff. <clears throat> uh, a 40-plus-year-old or whatever around that from Brazil getting f- uh, flagged by USAD. How shocked are you, Graham? <laughs> I actually couldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, now, uh, not not that like you were saying oh little nog is definitely on it but yeah it's kind of uh, it doesn't not, look like someone who was on it in fairness but like it's not it's it's know. not surprising ever there, there's only a very few people who would surprise i remember john fitch surprised me when he when he tested positive for something like because he was so against it but I think that was the only time that i was i was surprised ever yeah yeah i'm a, yeah i don't know yeah very jake shields was that was jake shields that was slightly surprising actually that was was that not marijuana though was it or maybe it was. Or Gilbert Melendez. When, when the scrap pack, they were kind of like... I didn't. Wasn't that all marijuana, no? Was it? No, he was TRT, actually, was he? I don't know. We should... Yeah, Teddy was testosterone or something. We should look into it. Yeah, all of this is uh, <laughs> alleged. If, if we're wrong, then uh, we never said any of that. Not, not happened. Nobody took anything. They're all great, man. You heard nothing. You heard nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wally Frogmore asks, where do you think is the best, most possible option for Artem going forward? Uh, another chance in the UFC, ACB, KSW. We will look, obviously, we said he should get another chance in the UFC. If he did get caught, where do you think would be the best place for him? Um, yeah, KSW would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, big paydays. Uh, he, he's a known name. Um, it would make sense. It, it'd probably be more lucrative for our time, nearly, if if he went to KSW. Well, I think obviously the the kind of the pride of fighting for like the the you know as a fighter, you might be saying, "Oh, you are, are you I fight. Oh, do you fight for the UFC? Oh, no. Oh, okay, never mind. You know, the yeah. fans is not the kind of recognition goes down, but the money goes up. So like Artem, he's not that old. Like you know, he he, he, he can. He doesn't have to make any any rash decisions, but but um, either way for him, really, like if if the UFC cut him, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be that bad because he could go to KSW. But I don't think they will, as I said earlier, because he's got value. Even if people hate him, a lot of people love him. People are interested. That's what matters. So that, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Amy McLean asked, do you think McGregor should get rid of Dr. Dolby, possibly too, cy- too much cycling oriented and not enough running like this thing? The, I actually pick up this question because E.O. Daly replied to him with something that I really hadn't thought of. I saw a lot of people talking about this because there's like a, gym, a Gillette sports thing came out saying he, he was doing a lot of it in the bike. And E.O. Daly came out and said, uh, who, obviously, uh, you know, an Irish MMA fighter, he said, try running with knee problems because Ayo's obviously had very bad knee problems so he you know he's very experienced in this and obviously McGregor Tories SEL you, you know you'd probably have to tell everyone about his knee problems that's it I brought that up just to mention that like uh you know I I, I suppose you know more about this than me I'm obviously no expert in fitness or anything like that but <laughs> neither am I <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that seems to be like I don't know I, I don't uh, like uh, obviously I'm very uneducated in this and all but like I'm I'm not sure his problems are effort or anything like that I don't know if it's something genetic or anything like that, but I think it's a mental thing and he even kind of said that himself like because he does get a second win and he does come back into fights like even in that in, you know the, the second DS fight we all saw he got the second win won the one was at the fourth round and arguably the fifth round as well even in the Mayweather fight he got tired in what the fourth or fifth round came back i thought was it the ninth that he won or came cl- close to winning any one of those rounds looked all right then and then got tired again you know you're not going to get a third win i think and you know obviously our first boxing match as well 12 rounds people build up to boxing matches with tw- to 12 round boxing matches with 20 fights and stuff like that so you know i i think he said himself it's kind of a, a psycho a psycho a psychosomatic right word possibly but uh yeah I'm, I'm not really sure to be honest but um yeah like he definitely cast out in the in the, the first diaz fight i think that's pretty clear and then in the second diaz fight diaz nate diaz is known as one of the best if not the best cardio him and nick diaz in the uc mm-hmm. able to go right like lick for lick at the same pace as diaz um for for the 25 minutes and then obviously the mayweather one is a completely different sport it's it's uh it's, it wasn't that much notice to get ready for a completely different sport like usually if you're going to transition into a completely different sport you you take longer than a couple of months so i think i think Look, if he goes in here, fights Tony Ferguson, is beating Tony Ferguson for two and a half rounds, then gets tired and loses, I think then you can 100% say he has gas problems because he's fighting at his natural weight and his natural sport. When he's fighting at 170 with, you know, the first fight was 170 after coming up from 145. Remember that as well. So he put up 25 pounds. I know he was supposed to fight at 155, but he was coming up from 145. And, and he was ill in that fight as well. Which yeah. So like, yeah, and boxing, you can kind of throw that out the window. But look, there's reason to believe there could be a problem. But will we actually see a problem at his natural weight in his, in his natural sport? Then you can say for sure if it is, but I'm not sure if it well, is. Well, I can understand why people point to it because, like, you know, people point it to, oh, uh, people always point to, like, the weaknesses, like Anderson Silva. People are like, oh, he gets taken down too easily or, you know, or he doesn't do enough. Or, you know, people always look at GSP, always boring. Nobody's ever like, this guy is perfect. Even Demetrius Johnson, people people are like always oh, boring. Like even though he's he's ridiculously fascinating, to, brilliant yeah. to watch. Like there's there's always going to be things like you're never going to be like you're never like even like you look, <laughs> let's put like pro or FIFA stats. Like even the best players in the world, they don't have 99 everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah, you're going to have weaknesses and you're going to have strong points. And maybe as you say, it's not even a definite. Like the, the sample size is quite small for for. I think it's a more clear weakness than anything else in his game. Even wrestling, you know, people always said wrestling is a huge weakness. Like, I think that's more of a, a clear thing you can actually see that has shown up as a problem in the past, but under unique circumstances. Like, it, has it ever showed up uh, in his natural weight class, in his natural sport? No. 
like it never has. He fought like even in one forty five, he fought Max Holloway till three rounds on one leg and for the last round and a half, and still beat him. Like I know that wasn't the Max Holloway today, but he looked brilliant in that. Like he was still going strong at the end of the third, with, uh, you know, on one leg. So like it's great. It's definitely you know it, there definitely is that big huge possibility of it. I you know, but until we see it there. I'm not sure you can say, you know, it's, it's something that's terribly, uh, you know, big. Right, let's move on. Farrell Connolly, uh, were you impressed with uh, Marcin Hell's win? And who's the next right next matchup for him? I know he'd, you know, he'd a few losses coming in there. Uh, one or two controversial ones. Is there anyone stands out to you? I know he's fought, who do you fight? He fought Diego Sanchez and Joe Lozon. You know, there's... Um, yeah. um, Darius just lost, didn't he? he? Yeah, he did, actually. Yeah, that'd be, I'd watch that. Tough one for him though as well. Jesus Similar timelines from the last fight to get rid of the next one. Yeah, he's very, he's always very dangerous with them submissions and them leg locks, especially early. But I think Darius should probably have too much for him. But uh, I definitely be interested in seeing that fight. So yeah. I don't know why that came to mind, but it, it did. <laughs> Far last again about were you surprised how many little Irish came out to in KSW? I, I maybe was a little bit. Um, there was just so many Polish there that even if there was a good Irish crowd, you wouldn't really see them. Like I think at most there was like. 1500 irish people there maybe there were so many polish people you know it was it was unbelievable and i don't like i think there was a good few tickets of irish people wanted to go but i i think it was just a polish thing uh, i i i was a little bit surprised to be honest when i when i showed up there i wasn't expecting that much you know i knew there'd be a lot of polish people but i thought it might be 50 50 you know when you saw an iron park coming in getting booed out of the house it was kind of unbelievable but were you expecting a few more um yeah i think i was expecting a few more did you, uh, the bit more thing. do you think maybe the Irish fans don't quite get behind Norman Park yeah. as much because of the the, the, the Northern Ireland Ulster thing. When I was at uh, when I was at which card was it? Oh yeah, the the one McGregor beat Brando. I was just moving over to Severe May just before that, and I wasn't credentialed or anything because it was on like a month before or something. And I was in the crowd, and like there was loads of people abusing Norman Park. You know, loads of Irish people abusing him. So I, t- I think a lot of people as well didn't like him because there was talk of him fighting McGregor. And yeah, people were on McGregor's side, and they kind of a lot of people took a. I do a, think that has turned though a bit. I do think yeah. people like him more now, especially think Duffy as well. It was a bit of people. Some McGregor fans were kind of wary of Duffy. They didn't really like Duffy because he'd beaten McGregor and because there was talk of them fighting again. But I think people kind of warmed to him because he's Joe's obviously such a nice guy and he's a unique fighter and he he's, he he finishes people. And he's an exciting fight, so I think he he's won them over as well. Norman Park, like decisions, people are kind of calling them boring. It's, it, mm-hmm. But obviously, as we were saying, he had one of the most exciting fights of his career, even if it was only a round and a half um, on Sunday. Yeah, Nobler asked about me seeing Finn Valor against Edge Styles. I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait to see it. I don't even know who won. I was in Bray, actually, during the weekend. I was in Wicklow for the first time this ever. Yeah, it was a beautiful place, lovely motorway. Um, and he seems <laughs> to Sean get his chipper after SW. I got Domino's, unfortunately. Fucking disgusting. I'm never eating fast food ever again. Jimmy Banks at Jimmy Banks 89. And uh, Andy, C, Andy C123 is his one as well. And uh, Jimmy Banks asks, Do you think some UK fighters and, and Irish, obviously, is what he means in this? Uh, don't get the credit they deserve. I've seen a lot of people saying Cowboy didn't show up and such things. I don't know. Always happens when a guy gets runs like a guy just gets a shit kicked out of him by somebody <laughs> kind of unexpectedly. When people, when people, I say a lot of people had Donald Cerrone bet on or in their accumulators, and mm-hmm. a lot of that plays into it as well. A lot of people publicly or like on social medias or whatever had picked Cerrone maybe as well, which I think always plays into it. But like you see it all the time, like Connor knocks out Justin Poirier, and people are like, ah, oh, like he barely hit him, and he's crap anyway, and <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. 
Uh, he was already beaten before he got in there. You know, it, I, yeah, I, people... I agree. I don't think it's like a UF, UK thing, bias or anything. I just think it's no, MMA so. stupidity. Like, even I was leaning that way, you know, before I saw the whole thing, I was like, oh, Cobb, I gave up again. But no, Darren Till was just really good, you know. But I saw people saying that, yeah. I was just like, I, don't, I didn't see that. He got hit with a, a load and load of punches in the yeah. face. We, like, nose broken with a big elbow and like yeah. <laughs> we're the first ones to say it as well like people have given out to me <laughs> before for saying it like so you know i would say it if he did but i don't i just don't think that that, that happened there uh andy hall at bootneck andy loads of questions thanks very much again andy for the podcast who's the most likely next potential star out of gaethje holloway joanna garbrandt perry or till <sighs> Jesus. Um, oh, but by what happened last weekend, I think Joanna and Jacek. If they were to if they were to put her in Poland under the right circumstances, she could be absolutely huge. Really could be huge. Darren Till as well. It's Liverpool. funny to me somebody though who can do the interview media real well, go on Jimmy Kimmel if he can or Conan, you know, somebody or her him or her. Yeah. Um and like uh, okay, people don't like this, but like, you know, um like if if you're a one fighter, a lot of it like is is looks and stuff like that, and like Paige Van Zandt obviously getting on dancing with the stars and things like that. Maybe people um, who are better better fighters than than Paige Van Zandt didn't get the the same kind of media mainstream media offers. Like that's just the way it works. And to be a star, you need that. Like you need that push into the mainstream for people to even see it. Because we live in this bubble where we where, where we we obviously know these guys, all these guys, and we we talk to other people on social media etc that that also know these guys and it's hard to break out like it's hard to break through like ronda did it connor did it i don't think even like jones did it by kind of being getting in trouble the whole time <laughs> like uh, it, it's hard to do it like it hasn't been done that many times yeah i i think it's on i think i talked about it maybe last week or the week before i think there's <clears throat> there's two kinds of you can become a star well, you can't. You can't become a superstar. You're born a superstar, like McGregor or like Ronda. You know, you have you to have born a superstar. Do you? No, but he not born. That's wrong. But you have to kind of make yourself a superstar. You have to have that innate ability to be the superstar. You know, McGregor was smart enough, like to have you with him when he was, you know, fighting for two hundred and fifty quid in cage wires. You know, seven years ago or whatever it was, he had you know the ability to get on social media and put himself out there to get on the MMA or and make the most of it. You see, lads going on the MMA or now. Oh yeah, I'm so great fight of a lot of respect for my opponent and nobody gives a fuck turns it off you know we'll watch the next one whoever joe silver wants to give me next <laughs> exactly yeah like so it's not just that it has you have to be natural like mike perry does that as well colby covington does it but they're never going to be stars like we all like we all know you have to have something special i don't see in any of them to be honest maybe till because we know like i hate liverpool and we all know that but they get behind their people like, <laughs> Like it's unbelievable. Like, look at Tony Bellew. He's like he's a big star now on pay per view and and stuff over there. You know, the the two football teams are obviously very very well supported. You know, and there's lots of other you know boxers and stuff from Liverpool who are very well supported. You know, uh, Matchroom is always going there with big shows and things like that. Yeah. And uh, he he could be over there, but it's the pay per view thing as well as tough and the you know the the obviously the. Uh, American market and stuff, you know, with Till as well, his accent is very strong. That could be, you know, another thing. If he was going to America, can people like understand what he's saying? You know, he's very, very strong Liverpool accent. That's, you know, if you're talking about looks and stuff like that, that's definitely he has an interesting story as well, though. Till and he's, yeah, he's yeah. undefeated, which which casuals like, like an undefeated fighter it kind of stands out. Like, I have mates that come over, watch the UFCs from time to time, and if a guy's undefeated, they're they're more excited about that fight, you know, than a guy who maybe even has 30 wins and five losses. They'd be more excited about a guy who's who's 12 and out, you know. Like Khabib, a lot of his, a lot of his, like if he had a 
lost that decision to Gleason Tebow like he should have. A lot of the, in my opinion, in my opinion, he he a lot of the, the maybe the he's unstoppable wrestler wouldn't that narrative wouldn't be there. Yeah. So I think undefeated is important. It's also a lot of pressure as well though. Um, so it's hard to know. Like it really is. Um, I don't think any of them will be will be big stars outside of in MMA they will be, but outside of MMA the chances are probably that none of them will. I agree. I agree. Diamond MMA asked as well about uh, you know we had had a few questions about that Kobe giving up. Yeah, I don't think either of us uh, either of us saw that. Uh, Wally Frogmore asked about Wonderboy against Till. Would it be too much too soon? I think that'd be a fantastic fight. Um, Who is Wonderboy got again? He's Masvidal, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, that's gonna be going. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll finish it out this week. The questions with the the Gilday Q and A, as I like to call it now. Nick Gilday's uh, <laughs> false. Right here we go. Jose Aldo will win the featherweight belt next year. False. Um, false. But if 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 Holloway moves up, he he may do. <laughs> I think he's right. better than everybody else. Yeah, if Holloway beats Edgar, or if Edgar beats Holloway, sorry, maybe that could happen. Yeah. Uh, Get Justin Gaethje will still remain undefeated by the end of 2018. Probably not, because he fights so recklessly, and he's going to be fighting uh, top guys. But he's 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 absolutely brilliant to watch, and uh, it shouldn't matter if he drops losses because he's he, it won't matter because people will love him anyway. And uh, probably not false. He'll probably lose. I'd say false as well. Yeah, a current UFC champion will be popped by Usada in the next year. Currently now or currently at, when it when it pops? Currently when it pops, I'd say. Um, okay, uh, who's going to be champion? Oh, I don't know. Um, looking at the champions that are there at the moment, I don't know if any of them will, will pop. Um, yeah, like, it, if John Jones was still champion, I could say, oh, yeah, he might pop. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, yeah. I'll say, I'll say no, none of them will pop. Jesus, you're very positive. I'm going to say true, just so we can be different. Mourinho will leave <laughs> United before Klopp leaves Liverpool. What do you think? Oh, well, like, it's tough to know. He's, Mourinho's kind of flirting with PSG a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he does really six round long, really, six round three, maybe four years, and then it all goes to shit and he's off. The last week is kind of, I, you know, I, I was very strongly... That it wouldn't, the clap would be gone because clap is pretty terrible. Like he's still, if he keeps he's losing, fucking getting hammered by all the teams around him, clap uh, he might be, he might be fucking out the door before you know. Yeah. I don't think man, either of them last that long to be honest. Liverpool are so bad. Nobody, who's there to replace them? If, if Liverpool were to get rid of Klopp, which I don't think they should, but if they were, is like Ancelotti. I don't know. Like I would have liked Ancelotti a few years ago, but I don't know anymore. Give a gig to um, the end of the season. Sorry. Give a gig to the end of the season. Give it to fucking Gary Neville. Great man. Oh. Uh, okay. Uh, next question. Oh yeah. So what's that? Mourinho leave before. Klopp. I'm gonna say true to that now, even though I've I've, I've a bet with you that Klopp is gonna be gone before. Yeah, I think Mourinho will be gone before. Conor McGregor will compete in boxing again within two years. I'm gonna say true. Uh, two years. False. Uriah Faber will fight again in the UFC within 12 months. False. I'm going to say true. The Ultimate Fighter will be cancelled before it reaches the 30th season. What's it on now? Like 25 or something, is it? False, I'd say. I think we'll go forever. I'll probably be... Yeah. 
long gone before then. If you said a hundred season, I might have said probably still would have said false. Uh, GSP will fight at welterweight next year. True. Um, hmm. False. This is an interesting one. We will see at least two new champions in the UFC by the end of 2017, including interim or whatever your guesses are for the 30th of December card. So that's the fights in Jacek against uh, who's she fighting? Rose, um, Bisping against GSP, Cody against TJ. Then we have Max Holloway against Frank Edgar, and then one for the end of the year. So do you think I don't know those four? Will there, we have two new champions? Mm, false. No false. I say yeah, false. Ireland will beat Denmark over two legs. Oh, um, oh, I don't know. Ireland, it's so hard to predict. We're so yeah. bad. Um, I'm gonna say false. I'm gonna say true. Just to, I hope so. I don't know. Denmark aren't, aren't great either. Like, and uh, hopefully our, our our long ball Mourinho tactics can pay off. I think David Myler is our best central defensive midfielder, and he's going to be out for that first leg. And Chris, Christian Eriksen's obviously their best player playing in that position you know kind of in that pocket behind the strikers i think that that's a recipe for disaster so i think then we go in for a few kicks and it'd be grand that's a fact the vertidas will invest in the ufc again they already still have no they pulled out of it they sold oh, it they? there about two or three weeks ago yeah, what they? All yeah. yeah. um i think i think it's going to be a b-ball like they'll buy it back for like a euro and five years <laughs> when it all goes to crap um hmm true yeah, I like it. True. <clears throat> right. That's it, everyone. Thanks thanks for listening to the Severe Med Podcast. Make sure to give us a, give us a follow. At Sean Sheehan Ba on, on Twitter. At Severe Med. Graham is over there. Check out all our stuff. load of interviews there with... Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, stuff. book your tickets for the Notorious documentary wherever you are. Ireland, UK, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere else. Just go to conormcgregorfilm.com for information and keep your eye on there for when it's going to be available in cinemas near you. Can I free tickets? Uh, what? Can I free tickets to go and see you? So you don't even want to come. Too lazy. <laughs> I work on. I was. I'm working that day, so I can't go. Obviously, but like, I'll go to Limerick or something to see you. You should listen to Marcy's new song and then just do it. Does he have a new song? Does he? Yeah, it's Terrible, brilliant. It? Terrible, like all the rest of his songs. It's about uh, workers being uh, enslaved. He's an oh, he's a money bastard, that Morris. <laughs> you ever shut the fuck up, like? It's hard. Shut the fuck up. comedy. There's great lines in that about uh, spit on the name Oliver Cromwell and all that stuff. Brilliant. Never liked him. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, have, a, have a read website. Uh, Paul Redmond interview is up there. Uh, Chris Fields as well. Michael Materna and a few more. Check all them out. We have a few things coming this week, I believe, on um, Cage Legacy card coming up. So, yeah. Check all of those out. We'll be above at Bellator as well in two weeks' time, Graham. You looking forward to seeing my lovely face again? Yeah, are you, are you gonna are you gonna make a guarantee that you're gonna not pussy out of drinking again? Yeah, I'm gonna be drinking beer in the Gibson Hotel after Bellator. So if anyone wants to meet oh, me and buy me beer, bring me a pint of Guinness or Heineken over and sit down, and you can talk to me for 15 seconds. Jeez, nobody likes and, online begging. Then you, can, online begging. <laughs> then you can leave me alone and never speak to me again while I drink the pint you just bought me. So that's. That's good. Looking so basically, you, you yeah. get the privilege of talking to you if you buy a, an overpriced point. Yeah, exactly. Hold on. Uh, let me just one second. Dublin is the most expensive fucking place. In the world. How do people live in Dublin? Like, it's it's so expensive. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty expensive, um, especially for uh, a night out and stuff like that. Uh, 
<sighs> Every time you go to the pub, it seems to be more expensive for a point. <laughs> I, I was coming down, right? I was coming down. Uh, where did we stop? We stopped at some shop and it was getting a, a breakfast roll. And I was like, oh, I was like, because uh, I don't really want to eat bread and shit. I was like, give me a small ro- or a medium roll with like s- just like sausages and mushrooms in it. And like, oh, we don't do medium roll. Like, Grand, give me a big roll. So sausages and mushrooms in a roll, four seventy five. Ah, well, you got ripped off. That's disgraceful. Fuck, four seventy five. Must have heard your accent. Robin bastards. Fuck everyone in Dublin. You're all pricks. I hate everyone in Dublin. You fucking wanker. The whole land. They must have seen you coming a mile off. I'm, I love the way I'm all brave now when I'm home from Dublin. But yeah, it was a good time. It was a good crack anyway over the weekend. <clears throat> right, that's it, everyone. Um, buy something. SevereMed.com forward slash merchandise. Follow Graham at SevereMed, me at Shanshi and Bal. Like us over on Facebook and all that good stuff. Right, that's us for another week. Here's the inspirational quote of the week. Whatever you want to do, do it now. There are only so many tomorrows. We'll see you next Tuesday. I'm on that.